0: Welcome to the Art & Life Podcast with your host, Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art & Life Podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work. Listen while you create. Listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. First off, I want to say thank you for listening. The people being interviewed and I are two parts of the podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without you, the listener. I very much appreciate your attention and your energy, and I hope you get as much out of this as I do. If you enjoy what you hear, you can join me on this artistic journey in many ways. You can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it around. You can join the conversation on the Art & Life Facebook group, where we discuss topics from the shows. You can join my email list on my website at taylorgallegosart.com on the contact page. And while you're there, check out the new artwork I've been creating. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at taylorgallegosart. And finally, you can support my art and the Art and Life podcast on my Patreon page. Just search Taylor Gallegos Art. So again, a deep and sincere thank you for being here. Now, on to the good stuff. Welcome back to the Art and Life podcast, my friends. This is a fantastic episode today. Oh, man, this is like quintessential art and life. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I do this podcast is for episodes like this. Today, I've got Ian McKesson. Ian, believe it or not, I met this gentleman out in the ocean. It was so cool. Surf buddies. Um art buddies he cut my hair for a long time uh and and it i always look fly you know that you can be certain about that thanks to this guy ian um, he's great we get into some really cool philosophy uh, the main thing that stuck out was when we started talking about authenticity in your art and man it was just juicy it was so good the, the, the conversation right there is like just very rich. So I hope you enjoy it. Ian McKesson. Welcome, 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 everybody to the podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Gallegos. And with me today is a good friend of mine. Now, this gentleman, we actually met out in the ocean. How many people do you meet in the ocean that become long-term friends of yours? Uh, not very many. So this gentleman is a special one. For me. And uh yeah. Without further ado, let's uh let's bring onto the podcast Mr. Ian McKesson. Ian, thanks for being here.
1: Yo, what's up, buddy? What a fun day that was too. Waves were good. We had our own little section over there. That's when you make friends though, when you get a day like that in the ocean for sure.
0: Totally. And it was so cool because like the more we talked, the more it was like, Oh shit, we have a lot in common here. This is like 100% 100%. and
1: we're both in Fallbrook and we can wait we can just meet up at that spot and drive down here together perfect
0: yeah yeah and uh yeah that was really cool and that was like the beginning to a friendship and um well I won't dive into it too much why don't we just start out by you telling everybody who you are where you're from how you got to where you're at and what it is that you do
1: all right my name is Ian McKesson um I've Grown up in Orange County, Laguna Niguel, San Clemente and Laguna Beach, pretty evenly split. Uh, you know, at that time I was DJing a bunch. I was working as a bellman in hotels, uh, doing a bunch of fun art, but not no directionless art, I'd call it. Um, yeah, I was at Saddleback. I built a portfolio of illustration that thought was going to move me up to San Francisco to try to go to school for it. Um, so I did move up to San Francisco. And with my then girlfriend, now wife, and she was a hairstylist already at a dope salon in Newport. And then we got to San Francisco at a dope salon. And I started looking at that world. It was still very artistic. The same principles of shape and design very much applied, a lot more flexibility and a lot less money to go to school. And those things sounded cool. And so, yeah, at that point, right when we got to San Francisco, I kind of changed my direction, went to hair school and have been Slang and haircuts for 16 years now or so. And my wife and I now own, we've owned two salons for the past 11 years um, in San Diego, one in Mission Hills, the other in Fallbrook. But due to, you know, circumstances of the last year, unforeseen for the most part, we had to close one salon permanently. But we continue to rock the Fallbrook Salon, Mary Jane North. Uh, it's on about its seventh year now. And I also work as a educator for a hair product company. So internationally, I travel around teaching haircutting and kind of product usage. Uh, I also do a lot of art, do a lot of illustration still. Lately, it's been wood burning. That's kind of been my passion and gotten most of my time and attention. And that's been super fun and fortunately, a little bit lucrative even. And I like skateboarding. I like fun days surfing where you get to meet new friends. Yeah that's me dude
0: that is you <laughs> that is so <laughs> you and that was the coolest thing is like we just start in the waves out there that first day we just started talking art and you're like yeah like I was you know the art school turning into um hair and then and I was like well I actually need a haircut soon anyway too so yeah. um the whole time I lived out in Fallbrook you made sure that I look stylish all the time and yeah. uh,
1: it was always dude. good and
0: there you made
1: sure I- our walls look good when we have still have some of your art up on that walls i think three or four maybe even five pieces still up in there
0: oh totally totally and like you're uh we had a nice little uh trade i mean bartering is really cool and it was neat to like you would give me free haircuts and i would give you art and it
1: would be but worth it
0: you'd be like sweet i'll give you a new painting you'd be like all right nice man come on in for the next like year or whatever i'm like oh yes. so then, i still
1: got the better deal in this this end let's be honest <laughs> for sure <laughs> But it's so
0: cool because it's like energy, you know, energy and creativity getting exchanged. uh, And that was that was really nice. And um, yeah, like it's cool because you have you and your wife, you guys have style times 50. You know, I wish that everybody listening could get the opportunity to go into Mm -hmm. your your salon, um, your shop, Mary Jane North, because it's like it just got such a cool feel you guys are always kind of on like the next step of like what is trendy and cool even when i walk into your salon you're standing there and you're just looking dope like so you got this cool <laughs> hat and style i'm like ian how are you so cool looking dude? oh man wow
1: that's really kind dude thank you very much i spend so much time getting ready in the morning <laughs> not true that's definitely not true
0: No, oh, i know you do it with it you guys do it so
1: effortlessly and that's, cool. that's, that's really cool thanks taylor that's awesome thank you i really appreciate that
0: definitely and it's um yeah it's been neat watching i mean okay so like covid hits it totally shut down the hair industry in general you guys have had to like really um you know work to pivot and i've been seeing you do these wood burning images and i mean what it feels to me is you're just like dude, I got to do something with my time and energy and like creativity, like, let me get back into the things that I love to do, um, you know, which is art. And and that's what you've been doing with these guys.
1: So true, dude. And obviously, it started from like a therapeutic place, really, with everything being stuck at home, obviously, right, those first months or two where You know, nobody knew what was going on. It sounded like the only right thing to do was stay home completely. And so we're doing that and our salon was closed and Lennon was out of school and, you know, you're at home a lot and there's only so much news and TV and, you know, whatever that you can handle, at least I can handle. So, you know, fortunately I can draw and a little bit and weirdly my wood burning path is super weird. My wife decided we were going to make these Christmas gifts that December, December before. And Uh, She's like, we're gonna wood burn gifts for grandparents, and I was like, all right, right, let's try that. And we got this thing from Michaels, and it was thirty bucks. And I tried it for two minutes, and I never let my wife or son touch that thing ever. It was was supposed (laughs) to be something. It was supposed to be something we're all gonna do together. And I realized, like, oh wait, dude, like, there's potential to do some cool stuff with this if I can like nerd out a little bit. And then. So I started to kind of develop a little bit of a skill and got a better version. And then, like I said, then that thing hit in March and I had nothing but time now. And like you said, almost therapeutically, mentally and physically, you're trying. It, it gave me something to pass a lot of time. And I don't think I would have kind of developed this quickly if not for that amount of time that I was able to spend on it. And, you know, obviously fast forward a year, almost exactly literally tomorrow will be the day that our salon closed um which is also my birthday funny enough um we I have sold you know in so many so many more than I would have ever expected to for sure even two is probably more than I would have expected but it's a much bigger number than that I continue to get great commissions I've done a bunch of rad stuff in the skateboard world for skate shop day and for some great skate shops um as well as in some amazing you know legends homes and stuff like that so It's really giving me an opportunity, again, that I don't think would have maybe happened, if not for that amount of time.
0: Yeah. And and I've been talking with a lot of these creative people I've been interviewing kind of about the same thing, about how uh, if you have a growth mindset and have creativity within you and you are willing to nurture that, like this whole situation does have, it has had some silver linings to it. 100 yeah, it like gives you the opportunity, the time and the space. It's like, well, you can't do anything else. Right. So what are you going to
1: do? And you can't do anything but do something, right? That's just like how I think my brain works. And I have to be doing something. Whether it's, you know, fortunately, it's something somebody else likes. Even if it wasn't, I think I'd be still enjoying this thing. But it helps that it becomes something that becomes motivating and you get better and more people like it and different people like it and different people ask for things. So, yeah, you get an opportunity where maybe there wasn't one. Uh, But most of it comes from that, like just trying to find something to do and now taking advantage of what obviously seems like a bad situation, which is the quintessential silver lining. Yeah.
0: And so what you're doing with these wood, wood burnings is you're taking like an image of a skater and you're doing like an image of them skating and then there's some lettering and like it almost it almost reminds me, reminds me of like a baseball card
1: for yeah, totally. that's kind of cool yeah skaters I mean it's all the over the place cards. sorry to cut you off there but yeah okay. it's all over the place because I've I've done a bunch of just like I started because I had this idea of doing it as a drawing series but then obviously Woodburning came out cooler where I just did super famous skate spots a sports arena down in San Diego Wallenberg this big four block up in San Francisco Love Park which is in Philadelphia where I did a real famous picture that's from, you know, a famous photographer, Atiba or Blabic or Grant Britton, somebody, anybody that had an amazing, like maybe cover photo of a Thrasher trans world. And, but obviously the, the cover picture is like a famous skater doing a famous trick on this famous spot. And I just took out the skater and just made the spot with the exact same image of the picture, just took the skater out. So it was kind of a conversation, almost like subconsciously for skaters to, if the skaters saw that thing, they were like, oh, dude, that's that nose blunt that Josh Callis did, right? Or that's a spot that all these guys, Jeremy Ray did the frontside 360. And anybody else is like, oh, that's a cool stair set. Like, oh, is that a school that you went to? Or is that, you know what I mean? Like people, it was kind of a secret conversation. And obviously anybody that kind of knew that these spots, what these spots were, was instantly like, dude, those are dope, you know? And that was kind of, that was cool for me because it was like, that was the conversation I wanted was with those people. And some of them had a bunch of famous tricks down. So then you start the conversation of who did their, your favorite trick down Carlsbad Gap or whatever. And and then, yeah, and then it kind of developed as I got a little better. I started superimposing multiple pictures um, a real fun one that I, I did that's actually in the guy's home and the, the Zero Skateboard Team's manager's home. They live together. Um, was of the skater Dane Berman and he used an amazing song by Orville Peck who I love Just like kind of country alternative country music guy it's incredible and his part came out last year and it was unbelievable so I used a dope pick of Orville that I found with this amazing pick that Kurt Hodge took of Dane doing a blunt slide down this kind of crazy looking handrail and put them together put a big a kind of orangey circle behind it and it was fun. I was stoked and it's got It's in a rad place right now. <laughs>
0: it's awesome. And like, um, I often relate art history as like a conversation of art artists, like a conversation of art through time that everybody can sort of pitch in on. It's almost like a Facebook wall where people can comment and post and, um, metaphorically speaking. And like, what you're talking about is like creating this like little, you know, entity of conversation around it and it's like if you know then you know and you're like it's like an insider's conversation piece surrounding the concept
1: it's really cool a hundred without trying to you know beat you over the head with it it's kind of you know if i had all the time i i there's thousands of spots obviously that would work for that concept and you know just like anything else you kind of take you get take little paths from your initial path and go down little roads, but all of it for me, it's just, it just feels good right now. I'm fortunate to have it for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, now switching gears, I, I would like to have you talk a little bit about style and hair cutting and like okay. what you're into these days, like where your, uh, where your interest really lies is like, you know, hairstyles evolve, evolve over time. And like, how is that progression been for you through like an artistic lens
1: uh cool good question um I get that question a lot to a different degree when people ask me like well what's your favorite haircut to do or what do you what do you think you're seeing people do and you know having lived in San Francisco compared to living in Fallbrook now it's very different kind of medium you get to work with to some degree to to a big (laughs) degree really honestly but but it doesn't change for me I guess the way I learned do hair. I worked at an amazing salon in San Francisco called Yosh for Hair, Gina Consalon. Salon. Been there, had been there forever. Legacy salon as far as having this really great program for apprenticeships and like making sure you foundationally were really, really strong before you did anything like just cool and adventurous. And so for me, a good haircut is, a, is what feels good when I know that I got what the person wanted right. More so than I did what I thought was cool because I could do the coolest haircut on somebody, but if they don't have the tools to do it or the product or even want to spend that amount of time, like I didn't do them a favor by giving them this funky rad haircut that they, that looks good once every six weeks when they come in (laughs) to get it done, you know? So for me, kind of understanding the person and actually hearing what they're asking for and fundamentally sound, making sure the bottom line looks good and the amount of layers was correct and it fits their face you know i mean it's kind of cheesy answer but just making sure i actually did what they asked me to do in a way that gives them a good feeling haircut and then fits their style that's that's probably the best part about it for me
0: yeah yeah it was always great because i knew that you had that all, all the san francisco training in you so i went to burning man twice while you were my hairstylist that's right, that's right. i would just like come in and be like all right do something wild whatever yeah whatever this <laughs> time and and you would always roll with it you'd be like oh okay and then you'd stand there and think about it and like okay what about
1: this yeah yeah totally it's fun look when you get those people in and you get a you get a tailor in there you're stoked you know at least for me hey, here's the other funny part i wouldn't want eight tailors in the same day right because <laughs> because like some bread and butter like you know, layered, easy haircuts or three on the sides and a finger length on the top is nice and easy. You know what I mean? And you get to just talk about whatever. So changing someone's style completely is, is still a heavier burden or sometimes just like a takes longer just to make sure you, again, for me, I understand what they're asking for. I understand what we're trying to do and I accomplish it is, yeah, again, that's a little heavier than the same guy who comes in, wants the same thing again. But I wouldn't want none of them in a day. I just, I don't know, I'd want eight of them in a day. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Sorry, about am a
1: helicopter. Can't pedal. No, that's me.
0: all good. I think you're, uh, I think it still sounds fine. Okay. Good. Um. Yeah. And one thing that is an interesting thing about your job from the outside perspective is that you're like an armchair psychologist,
1: I would imagine.
0: Right? Oh, okay. like,
1: For sure. what, what's that like? Uh, dude, I like it. I mean, you know again the reason that this as a career to some degree works for me is because i wasn't a reclusive like go lock myself in a studio come out with my masterpiece type of art like i like street art and graffiti and quick like amongst the people check it out art and and i also worked as you know bellman a bartender a waiter um customer service jobs where you are talking to different people all the time very different role obviously than a haircut someone that's giving them a haircut but The concept's the same. You're seeing different people all the time and you're going to have different conversations with different types of people. And you got to kind of like that to be good at it. You know, I think personally, at least for me, I do. So I do really like it. And you know what? Another thing we find in salons is that you get, your clientele tends to be yours after a certain period of time you've been at a place. Like the grumpy bump on a log clients never stick with me for very long. And the ones that have really bummed out on something, or just want to complain about their family life, or because I'm just like, ah, that's kind of tough. But like, I can see where they're coming. From. Like, you know, what I mean, I am the worst for them because I'm too a little too positive, or think that it's okay. And there's something else rad about today that they're gonna find, and they're just like they want to just be like, nah, there's nothing good, you know. And those, and then there's that stylist that works in the salon. I definitely had this in San Francisco that she kind of lives that way. And all of her clients, I could, they'd walk in the front door, and I'd be like. Oh, that's going to be Christina's client for sure and it always was because they just you they find each other and they want to you know spend two hours complaining. I don't want to do that. So, I mean I obviously have people who go through life stuff. I go through life stuff. I went through an emergency room visit a month ago and that's kind of a pervasive story in the salon with clients that I've had for a long time that know me, you know. And vice versa when they go through that or their kids go through that and of course you're going to talk about it and of course you're going to try to you just you got a friend in there, you know, on both sides, me too. And I mean, I I just treat it like that. Like I get an opportunity to talk to this seven or eight friends a day.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. And it, that's a really interesting thing about um, how they don't kind of stick with you if they're not in that vibe. I feel like there's a difference between uh, one thing that you're really good at is listening to people, and I feel like when you are a really good listener and you hear people and they'll like, um, you know, unload their venting and they're complaining. Some of that is like ego drama. And I feel like when you, when you create like a, a container for somebody, when you hold the space for somebody to unload their ego drama, but you don't actually play into it, then you're like, it, you almost create like, a, a sound, like an echo world for them to hear themselves say, they'll like, they're like yeah well so and so is such a piece of shit or something and then you just like sit there and you like hear them then that statement kind of echoes in their head and they're like ooh, that's kind of weird whereas if you were to play into the drama and be like yeah that guy is like whatever whatever does he doing that blah 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 like it's like then you like keep it you encourage it and you keep it going but if you don't subscribe to the ego drama then it's like there's just no, you're not like volleying that thing back for them. So then it just like the ball drops. And then that's so
1: true. That's like a really good way of thinking about it. I've never thought about it like that. And I think it is, that's a big part of it is that they, if they're giving themselves a, a second to think, I think we all do this. You realize, even as you said it, you're like, ah, maybe. And if someone doesn't look like they're fully agreeing with you instantly, you're, you start to consider maybe, Ooh, am I, am I wrong? Or am I overthinking this or am I? And that's, half as important I feel like right for them especially if it is something that is you know maybe you're just weighing heavily on you and you just want to soundboard it and nothing I said was going to make them change their mind or be the right reaction per se they just needed to get it out you know Yep. and I think that is a kind of an interesting way to look at it. I've never looked at it like that before and it's fun though I mean it's, for me listening to people and having As long as, you know, again, as long as it's like not super heavy politically and it's not one of those conversations where it's just genuinely blood boiling and I'm pretending like it isn't, those are the only ones that are hard, really hard for me. Yeah. So I try and change those subjects real quick. But other than that, man, come in and tell me all about what's going on and um, I'm going to try my best to at least listen, try to make your haircut look a little bit better. (laughs) <laughs> and it you know it's easy for me i don't have the blood-sucking vampire clients they're out there they absolutely exist we all know that um and for a lot of stylists that i work with my wife included it can be hard you know those kind of clients that they, they if we we're talking about it yesterday you might be the only person they talk to in person that day wow. for a lot of people you know again i got seven or eight in a row right now so I, you got an hour of my time and then boom Taylor's coming in next you know so go ahead give it to me because Taylor's coming in but for that person who knows and they, maybe they don't they live by themselves and they talk to people maybe on the phone a little bit here and there but you're their only human interaction that day and they got a lot of stuff they want to get off their chest and spend time and you know and you gotta you know you, you start to realize you gotta be that for them to some degree and you gotta again kind of like it take it with for what it is I think to some degree can be a good thing can be heavy sometimes but i think that's most of human interactions
0: and then i would assume that there's also like when you're done with your work day there's probably you probably want a little bit of me time also
1: for sure season my wife is she's really a lot more aware of that i think because she's definitely i'm an extrovert i could talk to this tree right in front of me for an hour you know or <laughs> like, homie. but season Susan definitely needs to decompress a little bit. And she gives a lot for her clients. She's with them longer. She does a lot of cut and color. I I just cut hair. So an hour is like my longest time with one client. So she has, again, a couple of those people that were like just, you know, long. It's kind of intense people. Then yeah, you have, yeah, she got to decompress. And she definitely wants to like not go out to dinner afterwards or not go straight to somebody else's house afterwards. Whereas sometimes I'm like, hey, let's go, you know? something yeah. else to do and she's like no, no no yeah
0: um now speaking of being a party guy party talk guy. to, talk party to guy. us about your journey as a dj and how much you love music and what you love about it and how that interfaces with your art
1: cool yeah it's kind of that's a perfect segue because i got my own little like instagram live thing i've been doing where i put together both my record collection and my live demoing of my wood burning that I've been doing. I'm just kind of getting it off the ground. I've done a couple episodes and realized my uh, drawbacks, but it's certainly pretty fun for me. Um, And, you know, get a cool response and have somebody able to look at something as well as kind of dig through my record collection with me. I've been collecting records since I was 15 and saved my lunch money and went to, you know, punk rock record stores in Laguna and Huntington Beach started buying three dollars seven inches and so they're still in my collection a lot of them and so there's thousands of records in my living room (laughs) and two technique turntables that are still there i mean i've dj'd everything from weddings to real ugly dive bars in san francisco to really nice uh kendall farms outdoor dinner events i mean Again, music's kind of a similar thing for me is that I can get out of the way of someone's musical taste for their event and still have a good time putting music together. Definitely, like there's songs that I couldn't turn fast enough if they came on in the car, like get Bruno Mars off of my radio right now. But at a wedding, like it works every time and it's fun to see people enjoying it. So that's easy for me. I don't have to like get too personal and presumptuous about what's good and what isn't. When it comes to my own music, of course, that's very different. So yeah, DJing has been a fun adventure. It's always been a great outlet to, I I enjoy being the person that gets to kind of create the vibe or keep a party going as, as in high fidelity, high fidelity, Nick Hornby's book, you know, creating the perfect mixtape is like a lifetime event, you know, lifetime goal. And there's so many rules and there's so many little nuances that you got to kind of subscribe to that are completely unwritten, but are totally important and and that's fun for me I like enjoy creating those those again moments or mixtapes or playlists or again just at a party and now for me this is a little bit more of what I curate a kind of live mixtape playlist of no mixing no djing more just letting a song play all the way through I try to tell you a little bit about the history of a band like the replacements and why this particular song is important to me and like where I got the record on some trip somewhere and and then put it on and do some wood burning so that's been kind of a cool outlet for me to put the two together and I think everybody that does visual art knows how important music is to them
0: a hundred and ninety percent that's a lot of percent, 200%, I think
1: would have nailed it, but
0: yeah, yeah, no, I want to be real specific on this from my perspective, <laughs> okay. it's, so, it's just so good, it's like, I mean, music is a different form and frequency of visual art, and um, like, I've always loved playlists, uh, like making playlists, making mix CDs, and things like that, but like, the perfect playlist, like you said, it's like this I mean it can never be created perfect whatever but it's like you're always trying to make it this great thing and I love putting them together almost like and thinking about it as like a composition like a flow similar to a painting similar to any piece of art whatever whatever absolutely it
1: is a hundred percent the same philosophy I think of like when you're creating composition you're like okay this is gonna slowly build the middle has to keep people interested in it but it isn't the focal point the bangers coming soon like the most part, like even that painting behind you the surfer like all that extra stuff is so important if the songs weren't gonna get you to pay attention to the focal point of the surfer then you're gonna kind of you're gone before you even got to the banger right and then the fade out you can't put two songs by the same band, unless everything's kind of got two songs by the same. There's so many rules, you know. Right. But and this is why anybody like us probably has fifteen thousand playlists because you're not just gonna make one and keep dumping songs into it. Like there's people I know that do that, and I'm like, no, that like it drives me. I get makes my head hurt. I'm like, no, making different playlist that's kind of got like the psychedelic rock, surf, beach, goth vibe for that band and that band's that's a punk rock band like that's got to stay in the punk rock playlist a little bit and you know what i mean like i don't know for me that's like that's how it compartmentalizes in a way that as long as it's got a path they can all go together but if there's no path and you're just throwing all these songs or you're just throwing all these colors at a canvas i can tell the difference between the guy who had a plan and the guy who just threw paint on a camera
0: 100 percent. and if you if uh i mean one thing about like listening to a dj or listening to a playlist is if or looking at art, I think that you want to make sure that there's a captain at the helm and that they yep. know how to drive the boat. And if you, so feel, if you feel for a second, like they don't know what they're doing, then it increases this like anxiety level, just like looking at it or feeling it or listening to it. You're like, I should take over because you're not paying right, attention. Right. Right and anymore. you're not
1: confident anymore. That's the worst too. When they put on a song and they're like, looking around, like, is this going to work? Like you could tell now, like, if they just kind of knew it was going to work, we'd all see it worked. But if they weren't sure now we're not sure. <laughs> you yes. Know?
0: yes. And like from a DJ perspective, I'm sure that you can really see that. Like there's the the transference of the confidence in the DJ to the confidence in the crowd. And then the vibe in the crowd uh, it's like, it's direct. And then the, I I'm mean, sure. you right. can take that same thing to style in terms of like clothing or hair or anything like there's a, uh, There's a confidence that needs to be applied, um, to the situation. And without that, then, uh, things could just be
1: weird feeling or off. Totally true. That's it. And that's exactly back to my point. Like if you do this cool haircut on someone, but they aren't ready for it or don't have the confidence to wear it, it's not, doesn't look right. And then it could be the wrong hair type and everything could be wrong for this haircut. But the way, the confidence, the swagger that that person has makes it absolutely work. You know? And that's true again, that's crossed every boundary. I think when style is the biggest key component to everything we're talking about right now, I think between art, music, hair, anything that you has a potential to be creative, that the style is the important aspect. And I think that comes that's the individuality, I think. You know.
0: Totally. And style, the style is like the outcome. It's like the end, it's like the right side of the equation when you take the person the individual plus the technique plus the intention of the art whatever form that is and then you spit it out that equation and then the, the final thing is style because if we put the exact right. same clothes and the same haircut on both of us it's going to be a different outcome and so and that happens with every single person or painting or like you know everything
1: 100 percent and again in authenticity I tend to be probably overly concerned with authenticity to some degree like when you could tell somebody is wearing it because they feel rad in it compared to when somebody just put the right clothes on somebody else or the same haircut or music whatever you know when someone you know is making that music because it sounds like it has to come out of them or has to be painted through them then you just look at it and it looks better it looks more real there's something that is there that isn't there for somebody else that can do that you know that same ability has the ability to do it just doesn't do it with the same sort of like confidence and technique like everything you just mentioned yeah
0: yeah i think then i think authenticity is such a fantastic thing to um hitch your horse to you know like that Funny. is like of all the other things i think if you focus on that then you're going to get a good outcome everywhere else like it's i think it's point- so true it's one of the independent variables in terms of art and life and philosophy and everything. If, you just, if you're just you just like honest with what's going on, what you're feeling, what you're thinking, then like you really can't go wrong.
1: I think that's totally true. And I think authenticity is just like everything else. It's It's not a right and wrong answer. It's a path, you know? And for me, being authentic allows yourself to like learn new things and try new things and try as long as it's coming from a place of you know honesty and that you really wanted to learn something through this experience then you know authentically you're going to it's going to build into your authenticity and again the coolest stuff out there is the people that did that and our and went by the time they did their art it came straight out and they were at the perfect place to make that art whether it's you know velvet underground or dolly or any of these you know anybody you want to apply this to when they hit it at the right point whatever path they took that got them there is still rad but they just like boom they found it at the right time and we are lucky to have that
0: man. yeah and be and like really because they were being authentic to themselves and the moment and the time period uh yep. it's like they don't have you don't have to worry about coming out with something original If you are authentic to all the different elements involved, because it's naturally going to be original because you're a different person. No one's ever been you. No one's ever been in the situation, in the time, in the place, in the context, all these things. So if you come out and you're authentic to what needs to be said at that moment, then you don't need to worry about the style not being authentic. You don't need to worry like it's going to be original and it's going to hit. And like totally. every single person who's made a splash in any genre at any time, it's it's be, it's original because they're just being themselves or or just going. 100.
1: That's it. 100. percent. And I think that's the best thing you can. If the worst thing they could say about you is well, it's authentic. And even if that person doesn't like it, it still is yours and it's original. And I mean, even for me with art, it was always the struggle was like trying to be authentic by looking at things I liked and trying to replicate them knowing that this wasn't going to be my authentic art but that I would maybe learn something through it that would eventually be able to create mine and it took me a long time to be totally honest and like a lot of those paths of knowing that I this was not going to be like the specific maybe art form or you know style of art that I was going to be my authentic self with or create my masterpiece with but it was going to help me kind of get better and learn a little bit more. And I think giving yourself that leeway to know that not everything, not every original, you know, the first, the raddest music you've ever heard didn't just spawn out of nowhere. First time someone picked up a guitar, you know, they learned how to try to play Jimi Hendrix poorly first as well too, (laughs) you know, and they learned how to like paint by numbers or something first too, you know, and then, and then they start to find this voice and, that's when it's rad that's what's rad about everything that we're trying to do i think with art
0: yeah absolutely absolutely it's like uh, i mean the it's like finding your own voice is like jumping out of the nest you know like you've been you've been learning from the greats. you've been emulating them track like replicating their stuff and that's just like us being baby birds getting like mama coming in and regurgitating food into our mouths and it's nourishing you know it's practice it's nourishment and then at a certain point we start flexing our wings a little bit and then when you really go for it you know you you jump out of the nest and hopefully you fly and that's
1: that's that's what's so invigorating
0: about it is like going off into that authentic
1: authenticity and originality a hundred percent a hundred percent
0: um all right. So I'm thinking that we're, we've just done so much great stuff already. I'm really stoked. On this I always
1: have a great time. I feel like we're back in the water right now, just like waiting for a set to come in. Totally. Like the first time we met, it's like the same conversation, almost identically, it feels like.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, okay. We're going to jump into the question
1: section here. Are you ready? For it? Yeah, I'm ready for it. Perfect.
0: Okay. So the uh, first question is about your breakthrough moment into like the upper echelon, like what was the moment that you jumped out of the nest and flexed those wings and really started? Dang, what a segue!
1: What a segue, dude. Ah, <laughs> uh, gosh. I mean, I guess I got a couple professionally in my in my hair career. Um, you know, I work for this hair product company, which is amazing, and I'm on the international creative team, just giving me an opportunity to teach in Canada. All over Boston, New York, mostly the United States, but an opportunity I didn't really think that I would have, certainly as quickly as I got with this company. And it kind of came by that quintessential, you know, combination of luck and looking like you're supposed to be there for me. I was we were at a training with the whole entire team, big team, hundreds of people. And you know, was a few people that were trying to test their way into this upper echelon group. I was not one of those people. I didn't think I was ready. And through the whole weekend of everything we were doing at the end, they were like, okay, so Ian, your time for the, you know, training is at two o'clock. And I was like, no, no, I didn't put my name in. I didn't do any of it." And they're like, what are you talking about? You, we need you on the team. And I was like, okay, two o'clock, two o'clock. So at two o'clock I went and tested this haircut and just, I had to, you know, teach my way, teach people who already very much knew how to do this haircut, how to do this haircut. And act like I would be on a stage somewhere. And apparently, I did it well enough to look like I belonged and flew out of the nest. And now I've been on, you know, with the creative team with that company for a long time and had some amazing opportunities that, you know, at the time I didn't think I was even ready for. And I think sometimes, you know, you get in your own way with not being maybe sure or confident of your own authenticity and everything we've mentioned before. And just having someone else be like, no, no, that's already, we see all that in you you just got to get up there and do what you do. And that was cool for me. That was kind of a cool moment of both confidence and unexpected. i uh, not sure of the right word here, but just feeling like, all right, yeah, I guess I am okay at this enough to move into that echelon that maybe seemed higher than where I thought I was personally. So that was a cool one in art. I think it's, continual and i continually feel like i'm getting better and i'm fortunate because i want to that's the biggest goal for me is that i want it to just look better each time and yeah this wood burning thing for me i've always been lucky i could draw really well i never understood painting as well as someone like you and a lot of other people and certainly didn't have as as much training but so wood burning is kind of like if you can draw and shade cool and make it look cool a little bit of creative you know or like uh creative design work looking is almost how, like you said, like a baseball card, but you can kind of just figure out how you're going to make the thing look good as if it was a graphic design and be able to actually do that with pencil or wood burning. Um, That's what's been cool about my art moment these days is that's been making me feel like I'm flying the coop a little bit and being like, this is my thing. And I've definitely found my voice in it hope that answered that
0: yeah that was great yep that's awesome thanks buddy um definitely okay so now here we go this is the question okay so flow state or being in the zone you know all about that yeah yeah, yeah. in so many different forms um you know from athletics to uh to your art now i want you to tell us about one of your favorite moments
1: of flow state that you've ever experienced Oh, gosh, I really wish I had thought about this question, but I love that you didn't let me. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's probably going to come to skateboarding for sure, because that's one of those experiences that you have to just be so fully focused and present that you don't get a chance to not be there when you're putting, you know, getting kind of risky at some point in my career, definitely 10, 12 stair handrails and things that were you know send you to the hospital if you didn't pay attention um and then, you know there's it's nothing too legendary i never had an amazing legendary skateboard career but i certainly had tricks that i knew were kind of again above my head the AMPM pm gap in uh orange county like off la paz street was a big gap some big dudes had done some big stuff on it uh but an ollie over it was still kind of like in our area, which was, and that gap was kind of in our area. It was like, Oh dude, that dude did the AMPM PM gap. That was a big deal. And so eventually I got the AMPM PM gap under, you know, check the box and took a bunch of tries. I was dirty from laying my back on the ground. It's at a gas station. It's like, you know, oil, like my sh- shoes were slippery by the end, but the last couple of times, and it's that quintessential, like, okay, last try. Cause everyone's ready to go. And I think it was my second last try (laughs) and, you know, stuck it, rolled away and then woke up and thinking about it, it's an interesting state to be in when you're, when you're in something so quick as just like a skateboard Ollie down what I guess would amount to about a 12 stair. It's, it's so quick, but it's so much is happening in that instant moment that you're, you're hyper aware and you're blacked out if that makes sense. It's hard to explain, but it's like, I'm so fully present on everything that it takes to make your body do that correctly with the right amount of speed and stay on the board and land it underneath. But you're also kind of just like, I don't ever remember specifically like what the click felt like, you know, you just knew you, you did it and you were committed and you (laughs) rolled away. And I hear better skateboarders talk about bigger tricks that they did the same way. And I know that feeling. I just know how present you are. And at the same time, can't recall it. And maybe it's because you're that present. I think there's a presence that's so present that you can't even put yourself back in that moment because you are so present.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like your memory works differently in that moment.
1: A hundred, a hundred percent. And it's an amazing place to be. You know, playing good golf and being in the flow, surfing, and being in the flow that can be a longer state for me where I just know like, I know I'm gonna hit a good shot right now, stand over the ball and I just know it. You know, I just have this feeling of like, yeah. not just weird confidence, it's more like just actual, Like, just, I know that I'm gonna make this putt, right? And I, oh, this way coming like 100%, I'm gonna be in the right spot for this thing right now. And those are fun moments, man. And they're not, if, if any of us knew how to just actually like buy them, we I think all of us would but it, we also know how rare they are and how much they just come to us not something we can create at least for me that's how I feel about it and I feel just really fortunate and again I just like try to grab onto it when I'm in it and I notice that I'm in it and try and notice what it allows me to do that I'm maybe not able to do when I'm not in that moment not more more so than get like upset when I'm not when I can't create that or get mad that I'm not in the zone I just like when i'm in the zone i'm like all right all right hey i'm in here right now and i'm just gonna ride this you know i'm gonna Um, stay in here
0: yep doing the bull dance feeling the flow
1: (laughs) yeah that too i'm sure i'm sure there's people that on the (laughs) pole dance they feel like i am in the zone right now watch this move no
0: no no no. the the bull dance i was quoting uh Happy Gilmore.
1: <laughs> Kevin Nealon and happy oh, Gilmore. Oh, sorry, dude. I was in a whole different place with you right pole now. Pole dance.
0: I'm sure pole dancing is a zone that people get into for sure. I
1: guarantee. And they're crushing it when they're in the zone.
0: I love it. Need to get a pole dancer on, on the podcast. Oh, we've got to
1: find world. out. we got to find out what it's like. Yeah. Being the it. zone.
0: Um, all right. So next question. That's great. Okay. Keep moving right along. What would your advice be to aspiring creatives or people who are are just going after their craft, skill,
1: dream flow? Yeah, I, I think we've probably said it throughout this, but like don't be hard on yourself when it doesn't just come out of the box the first time you try something. I was and I look back and I'm, you know, I shut down a lot of opportunities or even just like paths that I might have developed sooner or or been try to develop at all for that matter. If I had not been just like kind of hard on myself that it didn't totally come naturally or I wasn't as good at some that as somebody else that was maybe had done it for a lot longer whatever it was. But I definitely think it's the authenticity we're talking about that you have to find to be, to really enjoy anything that if you're going to try and do it for a career or even a job or even a outlet for you is that it? you have to just find how it works for you and and let it work and then find those moments where where you being in the zone at whatever that thing is feels really, really great. And again, consider yourself lucky because I think there's people in life that never have a zone moment with something that they love ever. And that sounds like the worst life ever. And I think anybody that's a creative or getting better at anything creative, again, musically, artistically, visually, or even a sport has these moments we're talking about knows that's what keeps them doing it. And I think if you keep doing it and you find your authentic voice and you find a way that there's a path to make even a semi-career doing it, you're going to be way more stoked than just going to do whatever else somebody says is an easier path. So I would say commitment and find your authentic voice for sure.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I like that. Uh, all right, here we go. Last question. What is your definition of art?
1: Oh, just that easy, huh? Um, man, I art, art's everything that is interesting to me. And that goes from a good golf swing to a paint stroke to a guitar to a DJ, anybody that's putting something out in the world that has an opportunity to sound exactly the same or look exactly the same, and it looks different. And the ability to take that in and be an observer and be able to be fortunate enough to actually consider something that is done by somebody and looks a certain way and makes you feel a certain way or sounds a certain way and makes you feel a certain way is the human experience, right? That's the best things of the human experience. And the fact that we get to do that and get to share that with other people and get to, you know, enjoy those things with other humans is the raddest thing about any art that anybody can make, whether you're on the side of observing it or on the side of making it. And I think that's what makes people want to make more of it, makes me want to make more of it and makes me want to observe more of it. The end of my life, if I can just have been a really good observer, I think I have done my job as a human being. I hope that answers what is art (laughs) to some degree. that's That's what art is to me
0: that's great that 100% answer percent yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. get, you get an a
1: plus right? yes that's dude I'm <laughs> terrible at grades but I'll take that one
0: yeah yeah you nailed it um, thanks
1: Taylor this is the best man I, I could do this with you without a podcast any day of the week
0: yeah totally totally well um, okay so this is part of the podcast where I want to say thank you for making time to do this uh, we've been trying to set this up for us. you were going to be in season one like early on and, and uh, things just like never lined up and even this one we were going to do it last night but then I had to go help my neighbor move and wash her dryer and it just like went uh, on and on and so funny but we finally made it happen and Dude, this
1: was the time though this was like like I said everything it's everything at its right time and this is the time now that I it just with everything that's happened and the ability to again, the silver lining conversation is important to me. I think a lot of people need to hear that our people are having a silver lining moment in what is a tough industry or in a tough spot. And so for me to be able to have this conversation now after having some silver lining experiences with wood burning and our business is getting back on its feet through everything. It's like, this couldn't have happened at a better time for me. And I think we were meant to wait to some degree to get to this moment.
0: Totally, absolutely. well, just to finish that a little thank you, I think you're awesome, Ian. <laughs> You've know, been a, a fantastic person in my life, and uh, I very much appreciate you. So,
1: thanks, Taylor. I really appreciate you. Too. I got really lucky that day on that side of that peak. <laughs> I mean, we, I love seeing your art all the time. And, dude, your laugh always. You're a great dude, Taylor. Thanks. Big fan.
0: Thanks, Big fan. Same, same. Um, all right. Well, where can people connect with you online?
1: Yeah. Instagram is really the, the thing I use the most. I'm not very IT as Taylor learned from me trying to get onto the zoom today. Uh, but my Instagram is at Ian McKesson, just no underscores or anything. All lowercase even, um, that's the best spot. I'm at Mary Jane North. We also, that's also an Instagram for our salon. Uh, I'd love to see you at the shop anytime. Um, and yeah, check out what we're doing. Yeah, definitely out what they're doing. They're
0: they're doing great stuff, and like I said, I love the salon. And I'm sure there's photos on the on Mary Jane North uh, Instagram that people can check out and see. For sure for sure you guys are ahead of the curve in certain in terms of trends because you're authentic you well hey it.
1: talking about being ahead of the curve we are this is the least head of the curve thing ever but we did a video with danny gonzalez and my buddy kevin spencer yesterday i'm not sure if you even saw That's it not, oh yeah but we, awesome. we recreated kid from kid and plays haircut on my buddy danny and then did the kid and play dance event kid and play kid from kid and play christopher reed commented on my instagram this morning i was pretty happy about that yeah. He was, he was so hyped about it. He's like, kid loves this. Dude, that's <laughs> Three that's- it was so red.
0: Oh, that's yeah. really cool. I like that. Yeah. I saw the video. Loved it. that's really- it's
1: so funny. Yeah. totally.
0: Um, okay. So well, I got
1: kids up- approval.
0: So, yeah. Nice. Of course. That's great. Um, To finish up part one of this podcast, why don't you give the humans one last bit of wisdom?
1: Oh man. um, You know, just keep, keep on keeping on. It's the cheesiest thing comment unless like Curtis Mayfield said it sounds so much better when he says it but just find it go out there and do it because you're gonna get better at something even my worst days you know surfing or trying to do something that I really enjoy I realized afterwards how like fortunate and thankful I was for that opportunity and that I learned something I learned I can't go left that day you know or something but I think it's just as you're you're What you're meant to do is going to find you eventually. And it's just another path. It's a tiny little crossroad off of the path you're already on. It's not a whole new place that you have to find. So just keep moving forward and you're going to run into the best life you've ever seen. Boom. There it is, folks. Love it.
0: (laughs) All right. So that's the the end of part one. That was a great way to end it. Uh, We're going to take a break and we'll be back for part two. Again, This podcast is brought to you by High Ground Coffee, an adventure coffee brand with a new twist on brewing coffee, wherein you steep coffee like it's a tea. You just drop a packet in hot water and you go. It's the newest way to brew coffee and it's awesome. Use coupon code TAILOR at checkout for 15% off. Visit them at myadventurecoffee.com. That's myadventurecoffee.com. Okay, and we are back. Part two with Ian McKesson. Um, Ian, I was thinking that a cool spot to start part two would be you telling us about the process of naming your son and then what the process of uh, parenting has been like for you.
1: Wow, it keeps getting heavier in the best ways though. Um, (laughs) Len, my son's name... Well, my son has three last names. And I've realized that I like last names, apparently. My son's name is Lennon Smith McKesson. And I mean, Lenin is pretty pretty obvious. We didn't name him after Russian dictators. So it's not that Lenin. It's L E N N O N. Um you know, Beals, super important to me. And I feel like, you know, look, no one's led a individually perfect amazing life and John Lennon is no exception to that but he led a creative peaceful always searching for an interesting way to live life and I thought that was very amazing and commendable and would it just sounded good as a first name to me too to be honest Lennon and thankfully I mean this, this part of the story I got lucky with because I had this name before we even got pregnant I just really liked it and apparently my wife thought she was having a girl so she let me have the boy name (laughs) thinking that she would be able to kind of have the girl name and she obviously she liked the name enough that it wasn't like you know hard for her to agree with me but when we found out we're having a boy I was like yes and she was like oh yeah that that name Lennon okay let's go with that (laughs) so anyway yeah we and then Smith his middle name my my grandparents who were a huge influence in my life um they had one daughter which is my mom so the name Smith was kind of going to end there so we threw that in the middle of course for Lennon Smith McKesson um he's 11 years old right now he'll be 12 April 2nd and we are so fortunate for this dude he's just He's the most compassionate being. He's a vegetarian. He's been a vegetarian his entire life. Uh, We are not vegetarians. Mom and dad are not vegetarian. Um, He just, like when he was four, he was like, wait, when you say you're eating chicken, like you're eating a bird. We're like, yeah, it's chicken. And you eat chicken. And he's like, I I don't eat chicken. And when you eat meat, you eat beef. You're eating a cow. And we're like, well, I mean, yeah. And he's like, I'm not going to eat that. And oh he's never eaten it. He's just never, he's found the path. And obviously he's a we, little fully, Bodhisattva. Dude, we fully support it and fully get behind it. And he's, dude, he's not like this amazing salad eating vegetarian, but, but he's a lot of quesadillas, grilled cheeses, french but you know, he's not going to eat meat. And I ask him every year, you know, are you, you, have you changed your mind? Does anything sound interesting? And he's committed and we, I love it about him. Um, you know, he's always the guy who's taking the side of whoever's getting bullied rather than the bullies. He's fortunately for me, who loves all these sports, he's pretty athletic and we get to, I get to coach his baseball team still and he plays on a travel soccer team. and We get to go to skate parks and, you know, all, all the kind of things I can dreamt of when I heard I was having a little boy. And so it's the raddest thing I've ever done for sure is to be able to be a rad dad and watch a kid turn into an amazing little individual oh yeah
0: yeah it's like every day you're getting
1: surprised by some kind of growth happening 100 amazing 100 percent. and you know he's, he's 11 teen, so he definitely he's, he thinks he knows better than us in some things now which he's <laughs> like, probably, probably not all that wrong at times don't show him this part of but it it's fun and it's and it's hard you know it's the hardest the way I used to describe it, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but the easiest thing to get yourself to do. You know, you'd hear him cry when he was a baby. And I mean, if a cat knocked over a vase and I was tired, I was like, something exploded in my house. I was like, oh my God, I'll just check it tomorrow. When he would cry when he was a baby. I'd already be up before I had made a decision if I was like going to get up or not, you know? And there's just a difference that you have that I wouldn't, you know, I don't even know that I would have been able to tell myself to do those things until you know you you see yours and then you're you're just willing to do it
0: yeah and that's i mean i don't have kids but that's what it seems like that's what it is for parents yeah and you, you hear all like there's so many stories about people saying that like when they had kids it like turned them into a better person just like almost automatically they just like these instincts kick in and like this inner drive. That's just different. It's from a different place.
1: It's a hundred percent true. And it's just the experience for me that I'm just, I feel so fortunate to have been super involved in the entire time. You know, like I've i have swaddled, I've changed up a bazillion diapers. I was never one of those dads that was like, Oh, I'll just wait till he's about seven and then we'll start, you know? Yeah. I think that this generation of men take on, the, you know, there's a duality to all of our roles these days. It, some because we have to, both parents usually have to work and some because you really want to. So most of my friends that are dads are like hyper-involved dads. And I love that. You know, I think that being around for this whole experience is the best part. Not just like, you know, proudly yup, duck, pat them on the bat. Yep, good job, boy. No, it's like being there for when it's hard and being there for when it's great and being responsible And knowing that it's made you more responsible, like you were saying, is amazing and unfortunate.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I I see I've seen you guys, you and Lennon hang out plenty of times. And I feel like, uh, you know, that involvement that you've had from the beginning, it creates it helps strengthen the bond. And it's not just good for the kid. It's good for you as well. And it's like, I mean, we, we got a dog last year and I knew Jack about dog training or how to handle a dog Mm -hmm. or anything like that and it's like lately i've really been getting like diving into the, the the dog training concepts and the philosophies and how it all works and it's like not only is it better for her because she her experience of going through the day is better and she's a better dog but for me i'm way more connected to her which in turn makes my experience of the whole thing better I'm more connected to her I'm like on her wavelength of like I know what she's thinking when she's thinking it now
1: 100 and then there's less of those moments where it's like what did you do why did you do that because you don't you weren't kind of aware before it happened that's you know the anticipation because you know your person or your dog or your anything is you know way more valuable than whoa I had no idea that they were hungry because you didn't understand that look on their face or something, you know? Yep. And it is, it strengthens it for both of you for sure. I agree with that.
0: Yeah. And then it makes your relationship with your partner smoother because it's not like, Hey, uh, this is your area of expertise. So why don't, so can you handle this and I'll handle it when it's like my area of expertise. It's Right. I think that's
1: a dangerous game that we even fall into playing. Is it like, well, I did it last time or yours is this and that's just a dangerous game and we know it is and we obviously just like a lot of folks have our complications and learning moments through that as well but i definitely think when both of you are willing to do everything you know, there's just so much more value in everything and then and knowing when it's hard and knowing what when this happened and what was hard about it like because you did that you also do it you'll you know why that particular time was more difficult than the other time
0: yeah yeah totally I heard I saw some meme the other day about raising kids and it stood out in a cool way. It was something along the lines of when you have a kid, it's not your time. It's not just your time to teach them about the world. It's an opportunity for you to relearn about the world.
1: That's the raddest part. Uh, we I, I I think that's a perfect way of saying it. We almost said it differently with my group of friends. It's like when you're take when they get their like first ollie or something, and you remember your first, you get to like. Have those firsts again when they go to Disneyland that first time and they get to see it for the first time and you 100% in a way that sounds cheesy unless you've been through this you 100% feel like it is a second first time yeah <laughs> and that's so rad again I feel bummed for guys or or humans that miss out on that whether just for like not being there not being present for that moment because I think it's so amazing. <laughs>
0: first time to disneyland again awesome
1: (laughs) dude the best that was actually the best that was one for me like my personal i loved it
0: yeah cool um what uh let me just throw out this question is there anything that you've been like philosophically or like conceptually thinking about that's like relevant to
1: art or philosophy or life or anything that you would want to bring up um I mean, not in a way that I would probably be able to articulate really well. Unfortunately, I've gone through different phases of like reading through different um, either philosophers or thinkers. Jay Krishnamurti is a big one for me. That "The Awakening of Intelligence" is a book I read a long time ago, and I mean, he's just an incredible person about like the human experience. His ability to just relate it in a way that feels, at least to me, something I it doesn't feel like this far away language of even Freud or somebody where it's just like very compartmentalized into rules it's more like you know uh, opinions and thoughts are fragmented and ego and everything is this concept that you've created and you have to have it it exists in there whether you want it to or not even at the to the best of us but being able to see it and know that it's there and know that there's actually something behind that too allows you to then. I'll just kind of let it wash over you when it gets too heavy or not take your take it on too much. You just, like that fragmentedness of even a path of your own thoughts. Sometimes you, if, you, if you're able to like sit back and just watch where it started, you know, think like, oh my God, five minutes ago, I was just thinking about plants and that took me down this road to that road. To, it's, it's a really interesting philosophy that then goes into every art and goes into music and goes into everything else. Because again, when you find your voice i think it's that thing behind the whole system that really pushed forward more so than your own ego hopefully um but that philosophy to me has always rang really true and been very readable for me and been able to kind of see in practice when i'm getting like a little too heady about something or over complicating or overthinking something i tend to do that um that I can just like okay just let it wash over you don't completely try and change your whole life right now because you're having this crisis of identity or something and and then I can realize like you know later that day or the next day or something I'm like oh yeah wow that was man I was really on something yesterday you know heavy thought yesterday yeah but I guess that one's for me Jay Krishnamurti's The Awakening of Intelligence is an an amazing book
0: yeah yeah that sounds great and I like the ego is such an interesting thing. For sure. I mean, in the United States, in this culture, our first interpretation of the ego is like being sort of like high on oneself, thinking that like you're better than everybody else, like my shit doesn't stink type of an ego. But it's actually much more like well-rounded concept that takes on a lot more. It's actually like all a lot of these like elements of our life that we think are us, but are actually like part of us. And a a lot of these like ancient traditions have been like evaluating this concept and and, like thinking about attachment. That's where the Eastern religions are really cool because they like, like you said, you don't have to like connect your, like chain yourself to these thoughts, emotions, Um, attributes you can sort of like let it wash over and be like oh wait do I really feel that way or is that just part of my ego attaching to this thing and then like taking a stand whereas like do I really need to like take a stand like do I need to die on that rock because I'm like thinking or feeling that way or is it is it actually just part of my
1: ego it's really interesting these days because we all of us almost have a peripheral ego that we carry around in our pocket as like an instagram account yeah. because i agree with you that our ego is basically just the story that we created through our own narrating device of what we think you know ian is and taylor thinks taylor is and obviously every single other person has a very different ver- version of who they think ian is and who they think taylor is but we can't conceptualize all that so we create this narrative for ourselves that is our version of events that creates who we think that we are and how that person should act and is supposed to feel and is affected by and we're again you can get chained to that if you in negative like real heavy depression ways and also in like really great ways if you think that apparently like having a bazillion followers makes you a better person than someone who has less followers and an Instagram is that it's a highlight reel that we've created to show off our raddest version of ourselves, which isn't in my opinion, that's an okay concept. As long as you realize that that's what it is. Yeah. And you see it again from the curtain from behind. It's just like, Oh yeah, that's their highlight. Reel. Not like, Oh my gosh, that person's living such a better life than me and my life's terrible because I have less followers or I didn't get invited to that party. And I'm just going to shut it all down now, you know, like that, that's in it. That absolutely happens to people and it sucks. And I think being able to see that there's a curtain behind that curtain is the, just, that's all it kind of took for me to at least realize that the ego exists for a very important purpose because we do need to act as an individual, but it also, we aren't chained to it. I think that's the perfect thing. The attachment to it is what we have control over.
0: Yeah, dude.
1: <laughs> all right oh, that's kind of heavy yeah right i don't know that that got deep for a second long
0: that's, long long. that's what part two of the podcast is all about <laughs> oh,
1: Good. We're, we're deep in this now
0: and sometimes it just goes into conversational ways like i just talked to my buddy justin who i've known forever and we were just like kind of bullshitting like old friends on it it's, yeah, it's that, great. that's the cool part of this part two element to this podcast that i'm loving good me too um, yeah, sweet, man. Well, uh, is there anything else that you, you've, been, you've been thinking about? these? Days? What are no. you geeking out on these days? I mean, you're doing the drawings. Is there anything, mm-hmm. is there any like, anything else that you're
1: geeking out on these days? Weirdly, like, I'm kind of going back through my like, 90s punk rock music phase a little bit. Yes. Like, Prophet Gandhi and Bad Religion and bands I just really, really liked back then, even and still like now. And Grants It, just like playing all that again and like, skateboarding faster <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i mean probably my midlife crisis is going to be a bunch of skateboards and jumping down dumb stuff not a harley and a leather jacket <laughs> i don't think <laughs> but no i mean no, no you know what I, again I, I think in real life right now the, the fact that we it feels like at least for our business that it are the busiest three weeks the last three weeks have been the busiest three weeks in a year more than a year and that feels great. Um, my son's baseball team is playing games again, his soccer team practicing a couple of times a week. My adult softball started. I mean, it feels like we're in this place where there's this motivation again to get to like move as much as possible. Yeah. And I'm always, again, a big, I don't know how to sit still. I, I really just enjoy movement and so when everybody's kind of moving, that's a great thing to me because I just, it makes me want to move more and I can feel it and I can feel this like mo- just motion everywhere right now. So it's motivating.
0: Yeah, totally. I think that it, this whole experience of the last year has really shown us and highlighted how much uh, humans just love to move and we just love to get together and we love to play and all like we just love to live out loud and not being able to do that has it's been tough and it has also really like shown us what's important it's been a, a good like perspective gain nope. for everybody
1: totally agree with that and yeah. I think mean, we needed it we needed that as a culture we needed that as individuals um yeah you
0: know, it was easy to take things for granted I remember before it was like there's just always stuff happening and my perspective on things is like well I gotta go to this party or gotta go to this thing gotta you know soccer's coming up again and like there just wasn't it felt like a lot of things were kind of obligations
1: yeah I feel the same way I felt like you're rat racing and like to no benefit like just like that's because this is what you do and now it's like hang on I don't have to do that and I'd rather be doing this anyway and so yeah I think again silver linings man
0: yeah yeah. And with that silence of not being able to do anything, we realized that like, oh, we can actually do nothing and survive. So from right. that space of like a total vacuum, you can kind of like rebuild your life in any way that you want. And like, actually, these things weren't serving me. I wasn't stoked on that. What am I really stoked on? Okay. Men's softball, adult softball. Let me get back into that because that's 100%. Um, these things I'm going to let go and everybody's cool with it. Everyone's like, yeah, sweet. Do your thing.
1: I think so. I think, yeah, it's, it's going to provide some interesting feedback as we continue to move forward and farther away from it, hopefully. And I I just feel at least on my behalf, from my personal viewpoint, it's a lot of things that we kind of needed to change. Yeah. You know? yeah and so feel for again fortunate first a lot of the as complicated and difficult and terrible it was as it was in a lot of ways it has created some paths to things that i know we needed physically mentally all the above yeah yeah totally i love this man this is fun taylor thank you very much for inviting me to have this conversation with you
0: dude Thank you for being on the show. I'm, I mean, I'm absolutely loving this yeah, me too. format. It's so cool.
1: And it's uh, yeah. a it's a great format too. You're an easy guy to talk to too, man. And it's like, I've always, I think that's why I've always enjoyed it, whether it's surfing or at the chair or whatever in the salon, because it just feels, you always feel like you're really trying to take it in and you're really trying to put some back out there. And those are the best conversations to me. And I feel like that's why your podcast really works is because it's, you're you're not overly interjecting, but you're also following the roads that are being involved in the conversation and have some input, but not over input. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm loving it. I got actually, I was actually in a men's group last year that uh, I feel like was really valuable in terms of teaching me how to interact in a conversation. And one major focus was. Uh, Like we'd go around the group and take turns saying like what we, like everyone would get four minutes to just talk about what what they're going through, what they wanna talk about, whatever. Mm -hmm. And then the group would have four minutes to respond um, in the form of a question or a reflection. You can never tell anybody any advice. You you never were able to tell people what to do. And so, and when people were talking, you had to sit there in full presence. And so like, not only was it an exercise in expressing yourself as the speaker, but it was an exercise in listening with full presence and not, not like keying into the story that's in your head or like thinking ahead of like what you're going to say next. It's like being fully present with somebody there. And that was such a cool lesson. That's a really cool. I
1: think everybody should have to do that.
0: Oh yeah. I'm yeah, absolutely. I loved it. It was so cool. but yeah, it's, it's definitely added into the podcast. And you get some really amazing things out of people when you just shut the fuck up and listen.
1: <laughs> totally, dude. But, but again, it's the presence of actually listening that is different than not talking. Yes. And waiting for your turn to talk. There's, yep. Those are two different things for sure.
0: Very different. Yep. Um,
1: All right, dude, I got to run. I got to get back to the shop.
0: Sounds good, but man. Just, go cut those hair. This is amazing
1: glad we yeah, finally love. got it on the books it's great to have you here thanks taylor let's talk soon let me know oh, when it's sure. i don't know what happens from here but talk soon That's it. <laughs> all, right, all right buddy later. Later. later
0: okay my creative friends creative friends life, all backgrounds all styles you guys all have your own style this podcast, this episode really encourages that. I think the part that Ian was talking about, the authenticity on it it's so. Yeah. Um, this was a great episode. These episodes are exactly what I want this show to be, this whole podcast experiment. Because so Ian and I, we have these talks every time we get together. stuff like this, thats that was the inspiration for the Art and podcast in general. So, guys got it right there that was it that was the full dose Um, yeah i love it i feel recharged i feel creative i got a lot of creative juices flowing right now i've got um well i'm gonna release this podcast this episode down the line right now i've been recording a bunch i think i've recorded eight for season two and right now i'm i'm waiting because i'm re doing a rebrand of my website rebuilding the website combining everything it used to be taylor g murals and then i had a taylor guy goes Art website and now i'm putting it all together it's murals it's fine art this is me as an artist so it's cool it's like In life, we get to rebrand ourselves as often as we want and as many times as we want. And this rebrand, this whole thing is like a streamlining. And the coolest thing is that the podcast was a catalyst for that. Going from season one to season two, I was like, all right, what what do I want to do? What are the upgrades? How do I want everything to be lined up, set up? What am I going to need? And for season two, I wanted to have a follow me section, which you guys hear at the beginning of every episode now. And in order to do the follow me section, it needed to be very cleanly organized. Where do I send you to? How does it work? What are, how, how do I have you follow me? How do I have you support the show and me as an artist? And then that created a list of all these things that needed to get done. streamline the website, set up Patreon, um, what's my Instagram handle, what's the, the name of the company, and it was all over the place before, and now it's all dialed in, so yeah, it's cool how like one thing leads to another, and um, and then before you know it, you've got a giant two-month-long to-do list, uh, and before you can release any podcasts, so now here we are, and you're we're into season two full-on, and all of this happened a little bit ago now that you're listening to it but uh yeah it's really cool now i'm blabbering on but i appreciate you listening i appreciate you following along on my journey i would love to know more about your journey and what you're doing feel free to reach out to me on any of the different platforms say hi uh you ever have any questions uh about anything art wise art business wise creativity wise thoughts about whatever send them my way I'm happy to talk about them and let you know my opinion I'm just I'm just a guy with an opinion but I'll give it out if you want it so anyway thanks for listening
1: cheers